Yeah, so it was like people started saying, oh, you know, Nitty has candy and, you know, her partner, I don't want to say the partner's name right now, but, you know, her partner and her sell candy. So if you ever need anything, go to them. And it's like because there was a corner store right by the school. So like my one question to myself was like, why would people want to buy from us rather than going to that corner store? Welcome to another episode of Hype Fury Presents. In this episode, I talked to Nitty Saran. Nitty started her first business when she was 14 years old and still in junior high. When she went to high school, she had to find a new source of income. After viewing several videos on how to make money online, she started an Instagram account. At 15 years old, she's now making five figures and set herself the goal of reaching a six-figure income in 2021. In this episode, you'll learn how to set up your own Instagram account and start raking in the cash. My name is Unique, co-founder of Hype Fury, and I hope you enjoy the show. I just bought your course, by the way. I don't know if you saw that, but... Yeah, I did. I saw in the course that you actually you started selling candy in school when you were in junior high. Why did you come up with that for making money? Well, when I was in uh, junior high, so like eighth grade, I would say I would just... I just wanted to do something more than just school. Like I would go to the building and just like be a little bored at like, like there's something so much more that I could do. So I decided one day, hey, why not sell candy? Now I had a partner in the eighth grade. So like I was selling candy with someone else. But after that summer, that's when I started to get into business myself because school ended. And I was like, what am I going to do now to make money? Because it was like the last couple months of school that I was selling candy. I only made like $50, $100 profit because it was like only a month, but it was really fun. And it like taught me some like the basics of sales being 14, you know, being able to understand how people would want to buy, why people would want to buy at that age. You know, it was just, that's probably why. Yeah. How do you decide what candy to buy and sell and at what prices? So at first, this was actually really fun because I didn't want to buy anything that people wouldn't buy. So I asked a bunch of people who were in my classes and all the people who were around in the school. And I asked them, hey, I want to take an order. I want to like stock up on some things. What do you think you guys would buy? What do you think you guys would want? So I took some orders first. And then the next weekend, I went and bought all this stuff. And then I came back and I sold it. And then people were like, you have candy, you have food that you're selling. Where can I get some more? And I'm like, okay, this is going to take off. And that's when I started to sell some more. So you actually took pre-orders. You didn't really take a risk. Well, you you, uh, went out and asked around, what will people buy? Yeah. Okay. You bought the stuff. And then you got a name for like the candy person. I want candy from you. And so people started talking. What happened? Yeah. So it was like... People started saying, oh, you know, Nitty has candy and, you know, her partner, I don't want to say the partner's name right now, but, you know, her partner and her sell candy. So if you ever need anything, go to them. And it's like, because there was a corner store right by the school. So like my one question to myself was like, why would people want to buy from us rather than going to that corner store? Because we're doubling our prices either way. So then I think, well, in middle school, in elementary school, in junior high, because, you know, our school was pre-K to eighth grade, it was, everyone was together, all age ranges. So it was like, those kids, we can't leave the building during the school day and kids want to eat. Sometimes they don't bring things to school, so they can't leave and go to the corner store. They have to wait till the end of the day. So selling on that urge to want to have that snack or food during school, that's what allowed us to actually win because it was like, because they weren't able to go outside and get that. 
So it was really like a spur of the moment thing. It's really an impulse buy for them. The people saw someone buy candy and then they thought, hey, I want that as well. And so money came in. But then school ended and your money-making machine dried up. What happened then? So I was, you know, in June and it started to end because I had to graduate and all that sort of stuff to get to high school. So there was no more, you know, I remember selling the last piece of candy and we were like, okay, that's it because, you know, school was ending. So I came home one week in June. Uh, This was 2019. Yeah. So it was like June 2019. I just graduated and going to high school. And that summer I decided to go on my computer exactly where I'm sitting right now. Exactly like with the same computer. I went on YouTube and I searched up how to make money online. I think like a lot of people start that way. (laughs) I looked up how to make money online and I'm just like a complete newbie because I didn't have any social media. I didn't know anything about social media. I was one of those kids that were completely off of social media. I didn't have it. And I decided, let me get on you know, YouTube and start learning from these people. And I start seeing affiliate marketing, drop shipping. There's just a whole bunch of things that a bunch of gurus are trying to teach. And it's like, you know, what do I go down? Like, what do I go down? What do I do? But I think over time, there was this one guy, his name is Iman Gaggi. And he taught, like, I learned a lot from him when it comes to social media marketing. But overall, instead of trying to like listen and tune in to what each of these people have to say, what I understood was that each of these people have one thing in common. And that one thing is that they all have a personal brand and that's why they're putting content out. And from that personal brand, from that content, they're allowed to stem down into different niches, which interests them because it's a personal brand, right? So then they can sell on top of that, whatever interests them or whatever target audience they attract so that you know, they can market their own products out there based off their niche and their interests. So I was like, you know what, I wanted to get into social media marketing with Facebook ads and helping all a bunch of like, uh, business owners do all this sort of stuff. But I was like 14. And I had no idea what I was doing with Facebook. And I had no idea how to even run Facebook. I remember this other day I went on um, Facebook, didn't even know how to change my banner. Like, (laughs) I didn't know anything about social media. So I was like, okay, take a step back. If you don't know how to do it, you need to learn the skill. But then I'm like, everyone's doing Facebook ads. Why am I forcing myself to do something that I know I really can't do because I can learn it, but I really wasn't interested. My heart wasn't there. So I just took my time with it. I said, I'm 15 or 14. I'm just going to take my time with it. And I started an Instagram account and I just started to put out content out there. I started to put content out there every single day. And then when I started to post these videos, they started to go viral. There was these uh, motivational videos. You know, I'm not one to like, but I was like a personal development type person. I still am. And I was posting these motivational videos. And for 30 days consecutively, they weren't taking off. They had like 100 views maybe. And like after 60 days, then I started to get like 10,000 views. 20,000 views, 50,000 views. And it was just crazy. It was crazy because then I'm like, what's happening to my page? Why is it blowing up all of a sudden? The followers start coming in and my Instagram page starts to blow up. And now people are coming to me asking me, how'd you do it? How'd you build an Instagram page? How are you able to build your page? Especially because it wasn't a theme page. It's kind of difficult to some people to grow organically when it comes to personal brand. So that's when I decided to go down you know, the personal brand route and just build my name and just put out content based off my experience. And I needed that experience first going out of that summer and into Instagram from there. 
what changed? Because, you know, the first 30 days you saw no traction at all. And then 60 days, 90 days, then all of a sudden things started to blow up. Was it you, you posted better videos or hashtags or just consistency? What was it? I think it was consistency. And that's why I always preach consistency so much. I think it was just, I was using hashtags. The hashtags were blowing it up because on Instagram, you can see the insights and, you know, how many people see what, where. But I think it was really just consistency. You keep putting it out every single day. People are going to keep promoting it. So that's why I always preach consistency is key. And so 30 days of consistency isn't enough. 60 days wasn't really enough yet. So you have to do 90 days on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, it's different for everyone, you know, it's like, I was posting these motivational videos that literally go viral. If you mock viral content anywhere on any social media platform, you know this, any social media platform, if you mock anything that's bound to go viral and tends to go viral already, it'll go viral, right? So with Instagram, you know, you have to test out different graphics, test out what works, what doesn't, what type of videos work, what captions work. And if you're able to mock that based off bigger pages and what bigger pages are already doing, then it should be easier to, you know, go viral less than 90 days. Like, you know, a lot of people see 90 days and think that's a lot, but, you know, it just depends on how skilled you are to create that high quality content and just speed, you know, speed and efficiency with that. Can you give me an example of what you did to one of the videos? Yeah. So pretty much what I did was I was like completely new at Instagram. So I'm like, I was creating content before that carousel post and stuff like that infographics, but my infographic skills weren't the best. So I'm like, you know what, let me repost a video. And it was like, uh, you know, these movie scenes that you see sometimes with like captions on it and that people can see it's like 60 second videos. And I posted this one 60 second video at first. And then I started posting one after school every single day. And I would post it like when my dad would pick me up, I would get in the car and I would just type up the caption, post it at like three o'clock every day. For an example, it would be like just a movie clip or like a motivational speaker speaking on, you know, Ted talk or whatever it may be with a caption on it. And I would just keep putting one out every single day. And how did you find these videos? And and you cut them all on your mobile to 60 seconds and then added a caption. It was all on your cell phone. Yeah. So like I didn't know at the moment how to post on your computer because Instagram really doesn't give you that option to post on a computer. But yeah, I would go into my phone every single day, find these videos. And most of them were reposts, but they were motivational videos. So I would give like the credit to the person who actually had these repost videos and I would post it, but I would also in the caption, give my own little insight about what's being spoken about, you know, write about what I got from the video, what everyone who's watching can get from the video and just repost that every single day. And the hashtags were different every day. So it would take a lot of time. It was a very tedious process to have to do all this on your phone, but it was definitely worth it. And so how did you decide what the hashtags to use? Like I said, I was a complete newbie and knew nothing about it. I was like going into this with no skill and I was like, what am I doing? But, you know, I was like, you know what? Consistency will pay off, even though I knew nothing about it. And I'm like, you know what? Hashtag success, hashtag successful entrepreneurs, just random hashtags and see what works. You know, that's why I always say when people ask me about hashtags, I never want to complicate it for people. I'll give them the whole strategy and give them the whole blueprint. But like, when it comes to hashtags, they work differently for everyone, right? So it's like you have to just experiment based off your own content type and your own belief, you know, if that makes sense. Like whatever you think will work. And then when it starts to work, you copy that pretty much mock success. And so in your ebook, you talk about, you know, use 30 hashtags, use them all. 
Have you figured out a system now or are you still experimenting or do you use like a hashtag search engine or how do you work? I wrote that ebook in August and in August, I obviously grew from then to now and understanding that 30 hashtags is the maximum and I've been using 30 since the very beginning, but I've heard recently that you should only use 18 to 24 and that's what I've been tweeting about just recently and I'm creating a new course to explain all the you know recent things I'm going to take down my ebook soon and the hashtags that you should use is only 18 to 24 because when it comes to Instagram, they can mark you as spammy. Instagram for some reason is disabling a bunch of accounts for no reason. So you want to be very, very careful. So 18 to 24 is really the sweet spot where you want to be. And I would say my personal system is I have a notion. uh, I used to use Evernote, but I have a notion now and I would write all the hashtags that I'm going to use And I have three sets. So three sets of 18 to 24 hashtags each. At the end of each month, I create my content for the following month. I don't do it every day because it's more efficient. And when I schedule, I copy and paste the hashtags that I have set in the three to four sets in Notion onto uh, Facebook Creator Studio where I schedule the content. And it's easier that way instead of having to type it out. Your Instagram journey started with just reposting videos, motivational videos. And then after two, three months, you started seeing traction. What did you do then? So after two to three months, I started seeing traction. And then I'm like, you know what? These are reposts. This is my personal brand. I want to post my name, right? I want to post what I can create, not just what someone created and I repost, right? So, I mean, it can hurt any brand reposting some other brand's content. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get on this. How can I create content with my name on it? So I start going into this sector because yet this is still the time where I did not teach anyone about Instagram. This was still the time I was just into personal development still. So I decided why not go on Canva and start creating these infographics where I would put like a picture of like a famous person on it, you know, like Jeff Bezos, for example, or something like someone like that, or a movie scene picture. And I would do like a little line and then a quote. And then my name on the bottom in like a signature type thing. So I would post that, but I would post videos with it. And my page was just blowing up because the thing with that is that when you post famous people on your pictures or you use some a famous person for a thumbnail, you're bound to go viral because it's called a hero post. When you post a hero post on Instagram, you're bound to go viral because people are attracted to what is already famous. You know what I mean? That's what I was posting. And that's when I decided to, you know, go into the infographics. So you saw even more traction with like the hero shots? Yeah. So I was posting the hero post and that's when it started to go even faster. So because the motivational videos already had famous people in it, that's why it was going viral. I didn't know at the time why were these videos going viral? But now I know it's because they have famous people in it. And that's why, because if you just post a random video of yourself, sometimes you're not bound to go viral. But once you have that audience base that you built, you can use that to promote yourself now. Because I always had my profile picture. I always had my face on it. In my stories, I would always post my face. I would never post, you know, just like theme pages would post just quotes and stuff. I always posted my face to make sure that people knew who was behind the page and not just a bunch of random infographics and hero posts, but hero posts were definitely taking off the page. Right. And so your post was growing. You got a little bit of hang of, you know, what worked and what didn't. And then the candy money you earned, how was that replaced with your Instagram money? So uh, the candy earned money was like, 
50 to 100 dollars i remember writing into a document that i said to myself i said wow i really just earned 60 dollars and it was a lot to me because i never earned before right and it's because like in society we're told to like trade our time for money you know and it's like how about i trade a sale for money you know and it's like when i learned that that's when everything started to take off and replacing that with now i'm earning five figures from Instagram, I'm on my road to earning six now. Going into 2021, I want to touch six figures, especially with this new project that I got coming out. IG Empire, Instagram Empire is going to be a community of people. I have a bunch of success stories from my ebook and a bunch of students that are you know, excited to get on it. So I'm really excited to release that. But yeah, going from $60 to five near six figures is really exciting. <laughs> And so, you know, your your page started getting traction. What was like the first thing you started monetizing? So I was on the internet for a year before I put out my first product, right? And so I didn't start making money until after one year, which was August 2020. Yeah, August 2020 this year, I put out my first product, which was the ebook. But before that, I made $27. Before that, I made $27 on the internet. making I made one logo for $20 on Canva. And I made a little Canva tutorial for some other guy for $7. And after that, I was like, let me just focus on content and actually putting things out so I can charge higher ticket for something. And so August 2020 came along. And that's way after all those hero posts and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Let me teach people. Let me teach some practicalities. Let me not just do personal development because I want to actually be in the business sector. I don't want to just be a personal development person, you know? And it's like, so that's when I, because I'm like, I have skill in Instagram. Why not? There's a bunch of people who are even on Twitter who struggle with Instagram and stuff like that. You find people everywhere who struggle with Instagram. So I'm like, let me just be that person that helps. So I put out my first product, August 2020. That was the first thing I monetized. And so that is also the only thing you've been monetizing since then or ever been other things? So besides that $27 and then the book coming out in August 2020, I started to earn more money through services. So I started, there was this one lady who came to me and I helped her in the very beginning. I gave her free meetings. I love to give for free in the beginning, especially because I wanted to take any opportunity I got. So I was like giving free meetings, helping people for free. And I was helping her like crazy. A year later, that lady comes to me. She gifts me $500. And that was a lot to me. That was a lot to me. You know, I never really thought I would charge even that much for a meeting or something. So I'm like to help that woman, you know, genuinely wanting to help that woman allowed that relationship to pay off in the long term. And she gave that to me. And from there, that's when my beliefs in, you know, my ability started to take off. And that was just recently. I think it was back in July, I think. And that's when my belief in myself started to take off because then I'm like, you know what? I can charge people $500 for consulting services. Let me see if I can do this. I started doing like content creation and stuff for like $350 to $500. And I had a couple clients there, $350 a month or so for three months. I was doing $500 services for content as well. You also had a 2K offer or not? I saw one of your screenshots. Yeah. Yeah, the highest I've ever charged for consulting, and I just closed that last week, was $3,000, which was pretty good accomplishment for myself because I wanted to go into the new year with a new client as well. So I'm really excited for that. But 
when I got into content creation, then I'm like, you know, what? I don't want to really be too hands on with it because I was taking up a lot of time having to create content. It was really tedious. Even creating my own content takes a lot of time. So I'm like, how can I make this more time efficient, more efficient for, you know, my clients? How can I, you know, in any way be able to help them get the same results, but not be so hands on now? At the moment, I don't have any team to create content or anything like that. So what I decided was to go into the consulting route, like the consulting route. So I decided to, you know, take on clients for, you know, I was only going to charge $500 to $750. And then, you know, Lawrence King, I'm sure you come across him on Twitter. He was my first high ticket client. He's the $2,000 guy. And I really, really appreciated him because he wanted my help. So I DM'd him and he said, okay, how much do you charge? I'm like $500. He's like, let's, let's raise that to 2000. I'm like, I was like, what? I like paused for a second. I was like, what? And I was like, okay, let's do this then. And I'm like to myself, my services are worth $2,000. It's worth at your age, I was like filling the shelves at like the Dutch Costco for, I don't know, five bucks an hour. I don't know what, but yeah. So that's a pretty good upgrade. I appreciate that. Then from there, I got the $3,000 client. And from now, I'm just going to aim for five, five, six figures going into 2021 consulting services. So, yeah. What do you actually do when, when somebody pays you two or 3K or hopefully five, 10K? What do I get? So you get three months of mentorship, personal mentorship. I mentor you on growing your own personal brand. That's why I like to work with business owners, like not just some random people who, because especially like some random people, they may not be able to afford, you know, $3,000, $5,000 worth of a mentorship. So I like to work with business owners who want to build their personal brand on Instagram because a lot of people struggle with that. I can go through my Instagram right now and see a bunch of people from Twitter who own businesses, run businesses on Twitter, but they only have like 100, 200 followers on Instagram. So those are all people I would be willing to help because they can grow their audience on there and even make even more money. And with Instagram, when you have authority on Instagram, it's easy to grow on any other platform. I noticed that with me because it's like, if you already have a social presence on another platform, I feel like it can help you. You can use that as leverage to grow on another platform. So if you think about it, like people who grow on um Twitter, like if you have 150, 100K followers, you can use that as a leverage to, you know, promote your Instagram account, to promote what you have on there. So when I was on Instagram and I have a big following on Instagram, I can promote my Twitter because people are looking for that. They're like, Nitty, do you have any other social media platform? That's also why I got onto Twitter because I didn't want to just be solely on Instagram. And you've grown quite quickly on Twitter as well. Yeah. I mean, I started in June, 2020, June 17th, I would say. So it's, it's been a little over six months. Yeah. Your account was created, I think, October 2019 or something. And then uh, why did you jump on the Twitter train? How did you grow your account? So I created it in October 2019, but I knew nothing about Twitter. I'm like, how do you even reply to people? Like, what is this? So, <laughs> so I just abandoned the account since like October 2019. And then I went back on it on June. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me see if I can grow on this platform because I, my Instagram was blowing up. And I had just reached like 10K followers or something. So I'm like, you know what? Let me see if I can try to get on Twitter. Then I followed a couple people. Uh, I think I followed Dan Co first. He was the first guy I followed. And then that's what led me into Money Twitter. And I'm like, oh, all these people are business owners. All these people are like interested in what I'm interested in. So I'm like, okay. And I follow a bunch of who he's following and a bunch of people. And I just follow, follow, follow. 
And then I start engaging with their content every single day. And then then I learned, I started networking with more people. One of the guy, I think his name is Van, Aaron, and a bunch of other people like them, I started networking with them. And that's when I started to, you know, actually take off with it. Because I'm like, wow, you can actually grow pretty easily on Twitter. Did you get into any engagement groups or stuff like that? What's your growth secret? So I didn't, I was added to like two engagement groups, but I never really used them because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to make it feel like a chore. I wanted to just have fun with it. I wanted to see if I can grow just enjoying it, right? Because engagement groups, you have to engage and you have to do all that. I didn't want it to make it feel like it's a, a job, like it's work. So I just honestly, I was just like obsessed with the platform because of how much information I was getting. I was like, wow, these people... Money Twitter has definitely upgraded my work ethic because everyone holds each other accountable. When you tweet something, you can hold yourself accountable and everyone's just constantly growing. So you feel like you need to constantly grow with them. And that's what I love about Money Twitter is because it's just like everyone you're surrounded with. It's not just like when you're going to school and you're surrounded by a bunch of teenagers, you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are where you want to be in the future. Like you, for example, like even just talking to you, feeling that energy feeling where you are and seeing like that inspires me, not just going to school and seeing my history teacher or something like I like to see a bunch of people who are succeeding where I want to be and just try to work myself up there. So my growth tactic was just pretty much engage every day and just tweet every day. And that's pretty much it. Let's get back to Instagram. So right now you're doing consultancy. Do you have any other accounts besides your own personal account? Have you tried any other stuff? No, I don't have any other account besides my personal brand. I was thinking about starting my own infographic page and stuff like that because, you know, I'm like, you know what, I can showcase that as more work. But then I just recently got onto all this and getting more, you know, products and consulting services. It would take too long for me to create more pages and build them up. So I'm helping other people do theirs so I can showcase that instead, you know, might as well put the time and effort into actual people who want actual help instead of building another page. I have thought about it, but decided it's just not too efficient for where I want to be. So let's say you have a decent following on Twitter, I don't know, anywhere between five and 10,000 followers, and you want to start an Instagram. What would you do? So I would pretty much promote the Instagram page I already have. I start the Instagram page, optimize the bio, optimize the username, all the simple stuff that you do on Twitter, do the same on Instagram, your profile picture, everything. And then you're going to want to promote that Instagram page onto Twitter. So you can like tweet it. Hey guys, I just started an Instagram page. You know, would you like to go and follow the Instagram page? And then people will go, especially if you have 50, 100K followers, that's a lot of followers. You'll get a lot of attraction, a lot of people, you're a lot of attention, a lot of eyes on it. So they can go follow that. You'll probably get a couple hundred a week if you keep doing it consistently. And on top of that, you know, besides just promoting it on Twitter, you can use the Twitter content that you have. I see this with a lot of my clients is they use the Twitter content they have. They hire a content creator, one of the guys that I recommend. And the guy who does it, the guy who I recommend, he always puts their tweets into an infographic. So it's your own content into an Instagram infographic that's bound to already go viral. It's not you copying infographics from other infographic pages. You know, it's like your actual content. So what I would do is just Go on to Canva, create based off the tweets I already have, create an infographic with a little icon. Like you can use like money icons. You can use whatever pictures, little pictures that you want to use and put your little quote tweet into the infographic and start posting that daily and then promote your account further through, you know, bigger accounts, just like you can grow on Twitter where you shout people out. You can shout people out on Instagram by reaching out to bigger accounts 
and getting promotions. And so let's say I want to outsource my content creation. How much would that set me back per, I don't know, per month? What do you get charged? It depends on the content creator you're taking on. Usually they're only a couple hundred dollars a month or two months. So it's like they'll create 60 to 90 pieces of content for you for $350 or so. And that's really cheap. In my opinion, it saves a lot of time. You can use that time to go make some more money or whatever you want to do. So, I mean, if you can get that content and schedule it quick, and if you're not going down the route of 100% organic, you can be very efficient with it. If you don't have money, you have to go the organic route. But if you have money that you can spare, then you can go down the promotion route and get a bunch of promotions with people. And that's the thing. When I take on my clients, I teach them the organic methods, but I also teach them what's most efficient, which is the paid method. And I also promote them through my own account because I have 20K followers, so might as well push their account further, right? So the thing with that is just it would just cost like a couple hundred i guess you could take a couple right so go organic go paid but you could also buy like a existing instagram account what would you recommend i don't see anything wrong with buying an existing account because it already sets you a couple steps forward and just like i said even if it already has an audience as long as that audience is not just something like if you're an entrepreneur and if it's like the audience is like a cooking page or something. You don't want to, you know, take on that sort of page. But if it's a page where it's like entrepreneurial people, I don't see the issue in, you know, buying a page if you can afford it. Of course, me, I've never bought a page because I, first of all, I was starting with, you know, no money to, you know, begin with. So I couldn't have bought a page. And I also just wanted to take it slow and see what I can do with Instagram. But I don't see the issue with buying a page as long as you're able to turn that around and put your own face and name on it. Let's take one of your hobbies, Nitty. What's something you enjoy doing besides being on Instagram and the internet, stuff like that? Uh, I like to bike i like to go out that's why the winter is kind of like you know iffy because i'm not able to go out and do all that but let's take the biking for example so i also bike if i want to start a instagram page about biking how would you start that so i would probably do a personal brand either way because you know if you're able to do a personal brand then you can like show your biking interest but if you'd like to do like a theme page about biking then you could just post a bunch of bikes and post but it's not as fun you know when you do like just posting a bunch of bikes it's not as fun because it's like you can't show yourself you can't show yourself biking so with a personal brand you could just be a biking enthusiast and just show you know yourself biking every day or videos about biking post reels post igtvs post videos post photos just every day when you go out to bike just record yourself that's pretty much what I would do. It's just, and then promote it through other biking pages. Let's get a little bit into the specifics because, okay, so I record myself when I go out. I could, you know, maybe share tips on how to, I don't know, change my wheel or whatever. What else? What would be stuff that really works? I use biking for like just fun, clearing my head and just fitness. So maybe I would do content on like, how long you should bike for to burn this many calories or what sort of biking techniques can you do to do tricks or, you know, just videos of me biking. Honestly, I think it's just, but for a person who specifically knows specific things about biking, then they can do like how to change the wheels. Like you said, how to, you know, paint a bike, maybe how to pick a perfect bike, just things like that. You also mentioned, you know, reach out to bigger accounts. How would you find those accounts? What would you ask for? What would you pay? 
So you would pretty much, I've seen this with business pages. I'm not sure if they do this with biking pages. I am, I would expect any niche would have this. So that's why I said that. But with a business page, for example, you reach out to some big infographic page and I'm sure you've seen one. And it's like, you can look at like at business mentorship, for example, they have a bunch of business infographics and you can go in their DMs and go into all the related accounts and you can search, hey, do you do paid promotions? And they'll get back to you within like 24, 48 hours and they'll give you the prices. Usually these promotions only cost like $50 to reach a million follower audiences, which is really, really efficient. They're really cheap. And sometimes if you don't want to waste too much cash doing that, like $50 here, $50 here, you can do targeted promotions, but you have to really trust the page. These pages will keep promoting your account until you get the specific followers that you want. I know there's this one page, the guy who runs all five of these other pages, his name is Josh or something, and he can do targeted promotions where he'll promise you 10,000 followers. He'll keep promoting them through his five pages for 10,000 followers, but it costs like a couple grand. So you have to have that money to invest. That's why I don't have the problem to just throw around some cash here and there because you know your goal may be lower. You don't know how good the promotions are going to go. So it might bring you a lot of followers to begin with. Generally, if you pay 50 bucks for the million follower account, what would that bring you? So usually like if your content is on point, right, the content that they're promoting for you, right, because they have to post a piece of content, tag you and then say in the caption, follow this person. If the content is on point, you would probably get like 500 to 800 followers somewhere around there. If you calculate the cost benefit, that's pretty good. But then you also have to take into account that you have to create the content. You have to basically give them everything and they just put it on their page. Yeah, you have to do all that. You have to put the um, captions in and everything. We have our page right now. We're doing some uh, paid promotions. We're getting followers. At what point in time would you start to like monetize that account? What would be a good point in time to do that? And how would you, you know, monetize our biking page? So a biking page, any page, I would say we could start at like 10K followers. That's when I started to create my new product. And that's when uh, I don't think I launched the product until like 15, 20K. But I would say is around when you reach 10K or more, because below that, you just seem a little spammy. You seem like you don't have too much authority. But when people see that 10K, they think you're like a little big and you have like extra benefits, like swipe up feature and all that sort of stuff. So you're able to actually um, promote the product if you have the swipe up feature and stuff like that. So it's easier, I would say, promote that biking page and start promoting products for it at like 10K or so. But then the account, we pay 50 bucks, they have a million followers. So I guess if we want to do promotions for other accounts, that won't really bring in a lot of cash. What are different ways we could make more money? Yeah, I mean, it would not bring in too much cash if you didn't have that many followers, especially because people are charging lower prices. If you're able to prove that you have a lot of um, potential in your page and your page is like mostly people from either the US, Canada or Europe, if you're able to prove that those three locations are the top, people are willing to pay you for promotions. But other than that, the ways to make money, you can start consulting, coaching, even make an ebook, a digital product. You can do affiliate marketing. You can do a bunch of things. Affiliate marketing is probably the way I see a lot of people get started is they reach out to bigger people who have a product that they like and they you know, promote that product through their content and everything like that. And other than that, 
coaching, it also works because if you are putting out content, you obviously have expertise in something, right? So I would coach people maybe a hundred dollars for an hour and just teach them something, get testimonials. The more testimonials you get, you actually build a product based off that consulting service you have to save time or even a service. And from there, you can just take off with that. It just depends on what your goals are, if everything is long-term or not. And so I guess when you do affiliate marketing, you put the, the affiliate link in your bio. And typically, if you have like 10,000 followers, how many people would click on that? So if you have 10,000 followers, there's a lot of profile visits when you are on Instagram. A lot of people visit your profile. They may not always follow you. You may think like, I'm not getting a lot of follows this week. It's either because your content isn't working or if your bio isn't optimized. But other than that, people are always visiting your profile, whether they follow you or not, whether you see it or not. You can go on insights and see how many profile visits you're getting. But you can also go and see how many website visits you're getting. So they tell you how many people are clicking your links and stuff like that. And even your content insights, it tells you how many people are clicking your link because of that piece of content. So when, you know, people come on your profile, they usually click the link in your bio. As long as the link is convertible, like it converts people, you'll be able to make money. But um, yeah, I would say it's pretty efficient. It would be pretty efficient for people with like 10K followers to get lots of affiliate sales without having to put too much effort into it. And so just ballpark it, how many clicks would you get if you have like a post daily and have 10,000 followers? So post daily, uh, 10,000 followers, I would say in a single day, you could get, you know, up to 50 to 100 link clicks, I would probably say, which is pretty good for a 10K follower page. But you can get even more link clicks if you make story highlights. And what I notice a lot is if you have story highlights that demonstrate your expertise or demonstrate the money you're making or demonstrate anything, like I put my money on there because I want people to see I'm able to do this and so are you. And if you show people dollar signs, money attracts money, followers attract followers. So when you have a big page, more people want to follow it, right? And when you're making money, more people want to invest money in you to learn that. So I would say if you demonstrate and showcase all your expertise and your story highlights, you'll be able to convert that link in bio even better. And how do story highlights work? So story highlights work like you would post a story, right, for 24 hours. Then you can create a little story highlight based off the a batch of stories that you want to put in it. You can create a story highlight. So you can just go on your stories and click select or, you know, highlight it. And they'll show up on your profile in little circles. I'm sure you saw. And you can create covers for them because I don't recommend just having random, you know, story highlights with no color scheme to it. So you go on Canva you can post those story highlights. You can edit the covers and put colors that you know work for you and make it look creative. So you can combine your stories into a different story, but it actually it sticks to your page indefinitely. For more than 24 hours, yeah. How many times have you used it and what have you seen result-wise? So in the beginning, I was really bad with it <laughs> as anything, but now I'm using it to showcase you know, money I'm making, showcase uh, results, showcase... Let me check my phone. Let me see what else I'm showcasing. But yeah, so I'm showcasing my podcast as well, which is really helping because I'm not always promoting my podcast through my stories. So if people want to come on my page and say, hey, she has a podcast. Wow. So they would 
go on it, they can click swipe up, which is also a really good benefit because when you have a swipe up on your story, you can also keep the swipe up on your story highlights. So yeah, I'm just showing, you know, I also put a my story uh, story highlight, if that makes sense. So people know who I am instead of like just thinking like, oh, she's just a business infographic page. So they know who I am, know the person behind it. And then my other story highlight is IG Empire. So the new project that's coming up. And can you see the amount of followers you get through people that watch your story highlight? It's not exactly the story highlights that you can see how many followers you get. But when you go on your story, you can go to the insights on your story and it'll tell you how many followers you get from that. Usually stories don't bring a lot of follows unless you're promoting someone else because it's usually the content that brings you a lot of followers because usually the people who view your stories are usually people who are already followed to you. Right. And it's only like 10% of your audience views your stories. So if your numbers aren't that high, it's not really supposed to be. Even pages with like millions of followers are only getting like a portion of their followers viewing their stories. So it's usually only people who are you know, already following you. If they're not already following you, they're viewing it because you put a location in it or a hashtag. And even so, it's sometimes difficult to get followers from story highlights or stories in general. Why would you use it? So I would use it because you know, stories show people that you're active, right? If you're not active, people don't want to follow you. So when you're posting stories every 24 hours and when you're posting behind the scenes, this is the type of thing that I would say don't schedule. This is the type of thing where you want to be spontaneous. You want to be able to just get on your phone and just be like, hey, look what I'm doing. You know, it's like just behind the scenes, question and answer. Maybe you want to do things like that. And you would use it to build trust. You want to build trust with your audience, make them loyal fans. If I never use stories, people wouldn't know who I am because most of my posts are just infographics. I am looking to post my own videos soon and stuff like that going to 2021. But being able to build that connection and get in a lot of DMs because people see my face on my stories, people see who I am, my backstory. Sometimes I post random stuff while I'm working and people feel connected because they're like, wow, you're giving me a behind the scenes on your own life. So they feel connected to that. Thank you, Nelly. This was uh, really fun. Where can people find you? It's definitely my pleasure. And they can find me on Instagram at Nitty Saran and on Twitter at Nitty Saran. Thank you very much. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. If you enjoyed this one, please leave an iTunes review and give us a shout out on Twitter. See you again next week.